0: hi guys welcome back to the nevermind poly podcast my name is matt i'm your host and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world this week's episode is with beyond extinction i sat down with beyond extinction at the very start of this year back in january and the reason why this podcast hasn't gone out until now is because they have a brand new ep out which is called nothing more wretched it's fucking wonderful go and check it out but not only that um, we actually recorded a podcast with their front man Jasper and Zach, um, back in January, but unfortunately the, uh, audio was basically fucked on my computer because my computer's shit, but, um, we move, we re-recorded it. So I got, uh, Zach and Jude, uh, the ax men of this band, the two guitarists of the band to come and sit and have a chat with me. And it's a fantastic chat, but not nearly as fucking good as their brand new EP, which I've had for fucking ages. It is wicked shout out to jasmine at the noise cartel for sorting this one out as well absolutely love her over there she's what a fantastic human being anyway this is beyond extinction on the nevermind poly podcast let's get to it i hope you like the new audio it's good isn't it let's go Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly Podcast. My name is Matt. We are a rock and metal bo- rock and metal podcast. We chat to rock and metal bands from around the world, and this week we are chatting to the two Axe Legends. Do you call are they called Axe Legends guitarists? Anyway, it can be. <laughs> Zach, Zach, and Jude of Beyond Extinction. How are we doing, boys? All oh, good, man. How are you? All good, all good. How how are you, Jude? Are you all right?
1: yeah i'm good and i think the term is professional complainers from my experience
0: <laughs> i like that i like that do you do you do much complain as guitar players what what's what's the beef yeah. of being a guitar player is just you complain a lot
1: yeah we just have the <laughs> easiest job on stage and we just like to complain about it
0: <laughs> fair fair um so yeah, I kind of, um, obviously, Zach and me, me Zach and Jasper have sat down and done a previous podcast to this. So uh, for your benefit, I apologize. These, some of these maybe re- uh, questions we've already covered and things, but we'll try and uh, keep it as fresh as possible. Jude, you're, you're here, obviously, and you're my my guinea pig again. So this will all be new to you. So it's all good. Um, Fantastic. Fantastic. But yeah, so I kind of want to start off with the reason why we're kind of having this conversation and everything is the new EP, which is Nothing More Wretched, which is out in March. you um, have just announced a brand new uh, release show, uh, tour, mini-tour and things. So kind of what's the mood in camp around the release and, and things like that? How are you feeling about it?
2: I'm I mean, very excited, yeah. I think to sum up in one word, it'll be relief because mm-hmm. this yeah. EP has been... <laughs> like recorded it's been finished for so long mm. and um like just waiting to get it out has been such a agonizing process but um yeah we're just glad that we've you know we've got two songs out now going to have the EP out in we've got a date to look forward yeah. to so um just excited to finally get it out and have other people hear it instead of just us for a change
1: yeah yeah totally i mean you get stuck in that get stuck in that chamber of just listening to your own songs like over and over and playing them live and like you know it feels like by the time like you've got them out everyone's like oh this new music's great and it's like this is not new music this is <laughs> this feels like centuries ago we actually wrote this i mean we started writing it in what october of 21 so yeah. it's been it's been a while um but yeah we are we are super looking forward to getting it out um and just seeing what people think because this is kind of a new chapter for us so it's very exciting
0: absolutely and that's the thing i'm in a privileged position to have to have had the ep and it's been on heavy rotation since i've had it and you know to if you if you take it for its most basic thing that it is it's basically a really fucking heavy record you can swing your fucking head to you know and you guys are you know not to take anything away from the other members of the band but you two are the centerpiece of that Playing off each other with the guitar riffs because there is some monstrous guitar tones on this, you know. Um, and I, and I'm basically a guy who loves heavy music, but riffs are my thing. So there is some fucking killer riffs on it. So congrats on being really good at your instruments, basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, are you are you looking forward to to getting getting um back on the road? I guess, I and mean, because you've just played uh, a show really recently, was it a Blondie's? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. How how was that? Because that always looks like a really fun experience from what I've seen.
1: Go on, Zach, I'll let you answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> it it was
2: uh it was interesting because I'd never been to the venue before. Mm. Um, so when I first went in, I was I, I didn't realize that was where the actual venue was. I thought I'd just gone into like a bar and then you go yeah, outside of sure. the venues there. <laughs> yeah, and um the the stage is literally next to the door so i was playing in front of the door the whole time i'd look behind me i see the security guard standing there like looking at me um (laughs) but it was it was a really great show um because with a venue like that i feel like it can be really really hit or miss because such a kind of compact venue it can either go so hard and everyone really enjoys it and it just goes crazy or it's just dead and um thankfully for us it was crazy we had a lot of our mates come down a lot of people came down to and they just went hard and it was yeah it was a really fun show I
1: had one crowd surfer um we did jolly. and um jolly yeah and um we uh, we i think helped to destroy half of the decor inside the venue because they had all these like <laughs> really pretty like branches and like tree mm things at the side of like these really pretty like fairy lights throughout them. And just, you can just see on the video, I've just been editing it today. Um, uh, that was, that was taken there. You can just see someone crowd surf and just smash into it and half the branch like comes off. And it's just like that, that's the energy we want. We want to be like, Causing enough damage to be like, oh, man, we destroyed the venue, but not so much that we actually like get in trouble for it financially. So, uh, yeah, it was a good show. And uh, (laughs) it it was it was actually crazy. Um, But, you know, the great thing about that is that everyone was um, going crazy, but in a sensible way. So uh, none of us got sort of, you know, spin kicked in the face or anything. It was it was it was nice. We were sort of front row seats to everyone getting the like um, stuff kicked out of them uh yeah. but you know in, in a safe distance
0: away so that makes perfect sense and and I, I think that venue lends itself to a lot of like hardcore energy like especially like you say with, with the spin kick in the fucking no barrier and the fact that basically it's a shoebox size venue which i'm all for shoe so shoebox size venue as a fan i don't know how i'd feel being uh, in a band playing trying to play your instrument with the technical ability that you have to play as well as being on stage and trying not to get kicked in the face i imagine that's quite (laughs) that's quite like a a thing you have to kind of deal with but um yeah we we move we move it's it's all good um you guys are super fucking young and i don't want to make a big point of that but you guys are super fucking young so how did you guys get into the music that you play and especially guitar because like i say you what are you guys like under 22 23 something like you're younger than you
1: well, I'm 23, and yeah. Zach's. I don't, I don't know how old Zach is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm 19, and I'm I'm the
2: youngest. Jasper's See, 20. Uh, yeah, Jasper's 21. was 20,
0: I think. See, <laughs> I'm I'm nearly well. I'm three months off being 30, and I've achieved nothing with my life. And you you two and the rest of the band have the technical prowess to play the music you do, right? So it kind of makes me feel like shit. So I had to start a podcast to make up for it.
2: <laughs> no, I,
0: I'm, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, of course, how did you get into the music you play? Because contrary to popular belief, not every, band's, not every person's first band was Cannibal Corpse. They like to think it was, but it's just not. Maybe for Zach, it might be, but you know. <laughs>
1: it definitely wasn't. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Zach you go first I mean this is quite an it's quite an interesting um yeah. story I mean for me the um the first band that properly got me into like
2: the the heavy side of music was ACDC which mm. is obviously a very very far cry from the music that we make but um I mean that that band was the whole reason I started playing guitar like when I was 14 or 15 I think or probably younger than that and um Then from that, it was just kind of into like thrash, which I stayed on for a long time. Um, And then obviously like the natural progression into death metal and the more extreme side, which is a bit of a, it's a bit different from how a lot of people get into the kind of hardcore, deathcore, metalcore kind of scene. A lot of people came to it from like scene music and that whole MySpace era of music. But for me, it was the kind of traditional metal side of things that got me into it um and eventually i found this weird heavy type of music
0: (laughs) i guess i'm kind of envious in a way because again i'm old as fuck we've already established this but like (laughs) you guys like had the you you're like the generation that grew up on like spotify and things like that where like everything is just accessible so like you'll go to like um a show and you'll hear the band you know like um cannibal corpse or Gojira or whoever just banded about and you're like oh cool i'm gonna go home and just stick that on my on my spotify and bang you've got it instantly so like it's really like basically i'd like to be young again and read this <laughs> metal because yeah it'd be so cool but yeah anyway, i'm going off topic dude how did you get into music my friend
1: uh my one was a little bit of a, a stranger tale mm. so my earliest musical memory that I actually have is um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night when I was like seven or eight, maybe maybe even younger, and going to my dad and he was in the study, and I remember him saying, "Oh, you know, son, come over here. I want to play you something." And it was he played me a Black Sabbath cassette, um, and that was my first thing that I remembered um, music-wise. And then I suppose it was kind of my upbringing was kind of a toss up of like ABBA and like S Club 7 with like um, the sort of heavier stuff that my dad played, like ACDC, Metallica and stuff like that. Um, and then I suppose my granddad introduced me to stuff like the Prodigy um, and, and that kind of thing. And then it all just came to a head, really, when I was, I suppose, 14, I got into Slipknot and that was like the first proper like metal band I got into. I was kind of listening to a few bits here and there. I was, you know, I had some bangers that I was listening to from like the Need for Speed most wanted soundtrack and I was like, wow, this is so heavy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just, I got into Slipknot and then I, sp- I suppose I just continued that journey of nu metal for a while and just saw what I got into. I got into stuff like Deftones and um, that sort of set me off on a kind of a prog journey. And then it wasn't until I actually got into college um, when I was about 16 where my mate introduced me to Barry Tomorrow, and I just went on this massive metalcore journey. Where at the start I was like, you know what, I like Barry Tomorrow. There's some screams. I'm gonna have to get used to them. But you know, um, but you know, <laughs> I'll never be into Cannibal Corpse or anything like that. It's just way too heavy, bro. Like I, I could never do that. Um, <clears throat> and then you know, one thing led to another, and here here I am in a death metal band. And um, you know, it, it took me quite a while to get into to deathcore, especially into like the stuff that like um, the rest of the guys listen to. Um, I've, I've still very, I'm at heart. I'm still very prog. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, with like Mastodon and Deftones and like, but then crossing over into like Meshuggah, like Meshuggah one of my favorite bands and that's mainly um, a lot of my guitar inspiration as well, as well as Mastodon and some other bits. So, but I've slowly really only, only in the last, a few years have i really properly gotten into like ingested and all, all these amazing bands that are just super heavy and like black tongue um but it helps it like th- i've discovered that the cure for if you're not completely into music yet mm-hmm. is to go on a tour of beyond extinction <laughs> and sit in the van where they constantly play the same 10 songs over and over again. And then you eventually like it because that's what they did with black tongue and ingested and everything. And now, you know, I love it. And it's, it's, it's cool because I'm finding it coming into my guitar playing, which is, which is good. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. And that's the thing as well. Like there is, there is so much and I'm not doing hyperbole or, or any kind of smoke blowing or like that, but there is so much potential with you guys in in what you can progress and be and go on to do so it's kind of quite interesting and nice to know there's someone in the band who's kind of into the more proggy side because again like death metal can go in so many different directions and again genres are sometimes a little bit like um they don't always help so i just kind of label things as heavy when someone says what do they sound like fucking heavy as balls you know so like it's kind of nice that you could potentially go in different avenues and stuff so that's so that's really cool and it kind of brings me quite nicely to to a question which is kind of a bit (laughs) open-ended but how do you boys feel about the the state of heavy music in general today and how do you think the bands can kind of push the envelope because i think around maybe two or three years ago there was breakout bands like so the main one that always springs to my mind is code orange Like who just like basically reinvented the wheel that is hardcore, you know. Love Code Orange, one of my favorite fucking bands ever, and yeah, so great. And there's you know there's bands within like the scene, like the death metal scene, like Venom Prison, who you know are really smashing it and like just a fucking fireball of explosion of stuff. How do you guys kind of see the the underground and generally the scene at large? What's your general feeling on it?
2: I I think these days with kind of social media and streaming services and everything where like you said like there's so much music just like at your fingertips mm-hmm. it's it's kind of hard to pin down what the general kind of direction the scene is going in because mm-hmm. say like in death metal for example you've got all that you, you've got all the american bands that are kind of bringing back that old school 90s sound um Absolutely. like undeath sang with 200 stab bands like that and then you've also got bands that are taking deathcore into new directions, like, like Fit for an Autopsy, stuff like that. Um, so many bands doing so many different things. Um, I, I think it's... I, I never used to think this, but I think I've kind of come around to the idea of it, is that metal, uh, kind of extreme metal in general, is becoming very kind of... Um, the, the lines between genres are getting blurred a lot because, um, you know, you get bands like Black Tongue, where it's like they started off as a beatdown band, then they were like a more traditional deathcore band, and then they released Nadir, and it's like, what do you even call that? You yeah. know, it's it's like it doesn't have a label. It's just good. Yeah, and um, that's, you know, that's what I feel like a lot of bands are doing, is they're just kind of dropping the genre dropping the labels because there's so many influences you can take um with how obviously like streaming services work it's just about making good music and not necessarily making deathcore or mm. tech death or whatever
0: and that kind of um just made me think actually you you only have to look at someone like Zee Lada, who you know just mashed up two genres that nobody would have ever put together and made three fucking fantastic records out of the back of, you know, like, so like you say, the, the lines are definitely being blurred, if not aren't there anymore. How are you feeling, Jude, about the whole thing?
1: I mean, pretty much what Zach said, I think, I actually think it's great because a lot of the, um, I think a lot of the problems that kind of heavy music had, um, even sort of, 10 years ago was that it was very much you're either a deathcore fan or you're a death metal fan and you know it was kind of like you, it was difficult to sort of I mean obviously people like both but it was mm-hmm. there was a lot more sort of elitism whereas nowadays I feel like it's in, kind of impossible to be elitist because you know what what can you even call the latest music I mean like take Whitechapel for instance like their new stuff mm-hmm. incredibly proggy um, yes. you know i i had to double take sometimes because i i you know new white chapel song comes on and i go what tool song is this because mm-hmm. there's a cool bass <laughs> bit at the start or something like that you know um and so and like zach said as well fit for an autopsy again fantastic bands that are really i think taking a lot of inspiration from bands like gajira um which is always a good thing um yeah. in my view uh so i think it's good really i think it's uh, I'm all for sort of change and for things being sort of weird and blurred because, again, I come from that kind of prog world where, uh, I mean, hell, anything goes. You can have, like, a 22-minute long song with everything from death metal to, like, acoustic in it, and it's great, you know? Um, so, yeah, and I think it kind of crosses over into our writing quite a bit because, you know, you'll hear on the EP, you know, we've got stuff like Eyes of God, which is more of a sort of black and death metal type tune, and then you'll have songs like um, Plague Monarch, which at the start of it is very much, you know, Mashuga Worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's good because the minute I think the minute you, you take the rule book and kind of throw it out the window, as long as you're not like being silly, I mm-hmm. think it's really good because you stop worrying about like, oh, is that riff? You know, that riff sounds really cool, but it doesn't doesn't sort of it's not in supposed to be in this genre. It's like, no, fuck that. Like just put it in. Like if it sounds good and it works, like do it. And I think that's kind of what we're focusing on songwriting from, from now on. It's basically just, let's just play a riff. And if it sounds cool, great. If we all like it, great. Um, Because it's so hard for us all as a band um, to find music that we sort of, to, to write music. In fact, that we all sort of agree on and we all think, yeah, this is perfect. Um, which is when which is why when we actually find like riffs and ideas at work we're like okay this is good this is this is new music because it has to kind of hit that sweet spot and I I honestly think like not not wanting to speak too far ahead but I honestly think we're always going to be changing we're always going to be evolving because we can't really help it that's just our nature of our band and our sort of music is so varied that we can't help but just keep inventing and creating really
0: sorry I've rambled no, no, absolutely. It's, uh, I love it. And you you mentioned Whitechapel and that, it's a brilliant example of what can be done with longevity. You know, they started out writing, um, you know, this is exile and those kind of records, uh, really horrible death, death metal, deathcore, whatever you want to label it. And now they're, you know, they're headlining a stage of Bloodstock, you know, and it's like how far that's come, but yet they've not toned down anything. They've not let anything go. Yeah, there's not as much screaming on it, but it's still heavy as fucking balls. You know, like, if, they're, if the ma- the mainstream listener will say that Slipknot is too heavy for them, that's not disrespecting Slipknot, but you know, like, that's too heavy for them, then fucking hell, you know, there's a whole depth of depravity that you can go into when it comes to metal. So, um, yeah, it's fucking, it's really, really inspiring to, to hear you guys talk about it, because like I say, the world needs young angry people and angry musicians you know when the world is going to shit I need a soundtrack and this is a, a beautiful soundtrack to that
1: <laughs> come to us for that we're great at that <laughs> we're all miserable we'll write miserable music
0: <laughs> absolutely um so the debut EP um got a lot of love from the likes of Crang, Distorted Sound and things like that did that kind of affect the writing process of, of this one? Did you have that in the back of your mind? Or, or was it just business as usual and you, you're just on to the next thing?
1: Zach, do you wanna start?
2: I mean, for me, I didn't even think about it like at all. <laughs> like <laughs> for me, like the the writing process for um Nothing More Wretched was just about making music that we all liked and we all thought was good. Like it, we I mean, we sat in the kind of pre-writing stage um we kind of all sat down and talked about exactly what we want to do uh exactly what sound we want so that when we're all writing our parts and doing stuff like that we all have a kind of collective vision of what the sound's going to be um and at least for me the last ep and the response it got wasn't too much of a factor it was mm-hmm. just more of a musical thing. It was just like the natural uh, progression of the sound that we had on the first EP uh, is to go heavier, to go darker, to go mm-hmm. more doomy, more deathcore. Like it it didn't really factor into it. But um, that obviously after writing it, it's you kind of look back on it as a, on both EPs and kind of compare them. It's like, it's, not a departure,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but kind of a, a building on it. But yeah, some people might take it as a departure. You don't know until uh, it's out.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I take it as a step up. Uh, and, I, and I said this on the, on the, on the unreleased previous episode we've done. It's a step up in every sense of the word. The, the, the riffs are heavier. The, the fucking vocals are better. You know, like And it's just collectively, it just sounds more gnarly. And I didn't think that could be possible, really, and truthfully. <laughs> but you know, there we are. But yeah, it's it's, it's super awesome. But um, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, um, I, sorry, I was, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, pretty yeah. much exactly what Zach says. Like, it, we didn't really, we didn't really think about it because uh, we started, we started, we never really stopped writing, um, mm. you know. And and there really, truly, never is business as usual with us. I mean, we're always doing something different and our lives have changed so much since we started doing those writing sessions for fatal Flaws. where you know we started that over lockdown where we literally just turned up at Jasper's house and sat in his summer house and just played some riffs whereas now we've got sort of you know we each live in different places you know um, Jasper still lives in Essex the rest of us live in London and you know we just we do things differently now but um, hopefully for the better but yeah i suppose the thing for us is that we never uh, we never look back too much um you know we go okay great we got some some really good feedback um from the facial flaws let's take that and go further let's let's you know understand that we're onto something but let's push it harder and and i suppose the key for us is just never never resting truly never going oh, okay we wrote a good ep people enjoyed it let's kick your feet up and let's go on holiday. You know, it's like, no, let's, let's get writing again. Let's, let's push it further. Let's see. Now that those people know who we are, um, yeah. let's give them something really to sort of go on about, which is what I hope we've done because, you know, we put a lot of um, hard work and effort into the EP and I I feel like, and I'm sure Zach will agree, it's come out extremely well um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're already, <laughs> we're already writing further material and and back on it because you know nothing can stop us really
0: absolutely and there, there's nothing there's nothing more dangerous and more brilliant than a band on the back of a hot streak you know it, it, in in my mind it, it's a one two home run you know uh you, you you know whether you do another ep after this or you do an album whatever it may be you know it is only building on building on your previous success so it, it's really really good um, obviously, the we spoke a little bit about the release tour that's happening, uh, making stops at London, Norwich, big up, Lon- big up Norwich, so big up London, big up London, but also big up Norwich, <laughs> where being where I'm from, uh, hometown show in Southend, Manchester, and Hull. I know that you guys, obviously me and uh, me Jasper and Zach had a previous conversation. You guys are very hands-on in terms of booking shows and the more business, quote-unquote, aspect of the band. How do you find that uh, in comparison to just being a guitarist in the band and obviously playing and performing?
1: Uh, I suppose where we do as much as possible ourselves, um, it kind of you kind of don't really notice it because, for me, being in the band is not about turning up and playing guitar it's about Mm. um you know uh the whole process i mean we're not on a label we're not we're not got management we we just have a jasper and he (laughs) does you know (laughs) basically all of our planning and um booking and handles that kind of stuff which is amazing because we'd certainly be a lot further behind um without him um and um you know we're very fortunate to know some very nice people in the industry as well um our good friend jazz who works at um noise cartel um she's always I been really really yeah she's always been really good to us um so we're lucky in that sense but yeah i mean i mean it's like we all have different roles in the band to just keep it running it's like it's like um you know that the fastest most intense treadmill ever and if you if you twist your ankle you're, you're you know you're going into the shark infested <laughs> waters behind it you know there's no there's no slowing down there's no stopping it's just you have to just keep doing it um but I mean you know I've done everything you know from uh, recently I just did um designing the CDs that we are going to be uh, releasing as much for the EP um and um and sort of video editing and photo editing and stuff like that Zach does a lot of the kind of like production stuff, demoing stuff, um, sorting out all of our like IEM system for like live rig. So we all kind of have a hands-on approach to the band because um, being able to do as much as possible yourselves is just, it's only an advantage because you don't have to ask questions. You don't have to hold yourself back. You just go, right, we know what we're doing. We know how to work it and we are self-reliant. So it means that, when we get to a gig, we are literally ready to play. There's no, you know, asking other bands if we can borrow stuff. No, we have everything. We have spares. We, we, we're organized. Um, I just think you can't not be really. So, yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. How about you, Zach? Any thoughts, feelings?
2: Yeah. I mean, just echoing that same kind of sentiment, like just trying to run it as much like a machine as possible without obviously it becoming like a job. Um, of course yeah,
0: yeah.
2: like you know we all uh, like Jude said we all have different uh, kind of roles in the band beyond just being a musician um, and it number one it helps because uh, there's not other people taking money out of your pocket so yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. more money going back into the band because um, you know for merch, for equipment, for whatever um, and it's just it's good because uh I, I feel like in this day and age, there's a lot of bands that um don't want to do things themselves and don't mm. they, they don't think they can do it. They think they need a manager or need a booking agent or need whatever and they don't. But mm-hmm. a lot because most bands do uh have those things, everyone thinks they need it and then they're shelling out money where they don't need to. Um and it, you know, it helps for as a musician as a person wanting to work in the music industry yeah having that kind of um those working on those skills of like navigating the industry and working with people representing your band uh, yeah. it it's good for just you know learning how to make your way in the mess
1: that is the music industry i mean so, last year sorry i just wanted to quickly are, jump in last be, right? year we even got, we even went as far as um, doing our own music video completely just by ourselves. I mean, yeah. literally at this, near the start of last year, me and um, a film friend, my mate Dylan, um, yeah. who, who did film at uni, we just sort of, I, I sort of had an idea of wanting to do a music video and I just thought, how, how, mu- how far can we go with effectively zero budget? Mm -hmm. Um, and the result of that was that we filmed for about nine months, um, Mm -hmm. which was the Grave Digger music video, which has just come out.
0: Which is Um, fantastic as well.
1: Thank you. Um, And we literally just spent nine months going to different locations around Essex Mm -hmm. with volunteers and friends and just filming that, and I I think we spent a grand total of about 50 quid, and that was mainly bags of crisps and stuff like that, so... (laughs) Um, you know, I I think the more, the more that bands can learn to do themselves, the better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying some things you have to, you have to pay for if you want a good result, unless you are a graphic designer or an artist, like you should probably get someone to do a a really cool cover art if you, if you, if you want that. Um, but I think as be as self-reliant as possible, because it will just, you never know until you're in that band what skills of yours you're actually going to need. Um, and, you know, it's, it's actually surprising how much you can contribute if you know photography or production or videography or, or anything like that, because, you know, it's not just about the music it's, it's, it's visual as well. Half of it is visual, um, you know, and it's that production, it's the marketing, it's everything really. So it is kind of like a business, um, and uh, you know, um, just without the money.
0: <laughs> but but that—that's the thing as well. I, I think if if you've managed to propel yourselves to where you are now, and you continue to sustain yourself, and you keep going and going and going, like two of one of two things will happen. You'll get to a point where you can't. Um, you just need a helping hand. You're like, right, we've reached this level. Okay, the next step is to realistically get a manager, get the label, and and then propel you even further. Or the other thing is saying, well, actually we've got this far on our own. We don't need you, but we want you to help. And then, you know, and then they're kind of almost working for you in that respect and with you rather than the other way around where, like you say, some, some bands will not have the skill set you guys have in the sense of they'll need to get all those things. And that's fine. But those things that's in cost money and that all eats back into the, into the quote unquote business, which is kind of, a darker subject to talk about when it comes to bands, but it's a reality. You know, I always try and say to people when they say, oh, my favourite band was split up. And I'm like, okay, but did you buy a T-shirt at their show? Did you like go out and buy a physical CD? Because that's that's what it is. That's the bottom line of it. You know, no one's going to give people money for just turning up and doing their thing. You know, it doesn't work like that anymore, unfortunately. So yeah, you need to support your favourite bands. So it is really important. So on a a kind of lighter topic, um, Zach, we asked this in the previous question. So it'd be quite nice to, because we've got Jude, who's a bit more of got an eclectic music taste, I feel. I'm going to ask you for a three-band bill. So I want a band each from you. Um, So there's Beyond Extinction and then one other band from each of you on your dream lineup. You don't have to agree on the band you put in there. So, and you can have it either headliner, middle, or bottom, wherever you decide to put yourself. So, for example, we've had—I um, can't think of any on top of my head who we had on, but like I don't know—we have like as December falls, the pop punk band being like Metallica is like second in support, followed by like fucking I don't know um, Iron Maiden as the opener. It can be whatever you want it to be. So, what, who would you pick as a dream band to have on have on a three band bill?
1: Hmm. Go on Zach, you go first. You've already done this question. Yeah, <laughs> remember. It, yeah, I mean,
2: the, the one other one would be Acacia Strain, hands down.
0: Absolutely. You know it. It <laughs> just,
2: there's, I, I don't need to explain myself there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Just fucking great band. What are you saying, Jude?
1: Uh, it's really difficult. Mm. Because if it was like if it was like a dream, like that was going on like in my sleep, and I could just which, watch it, which,
0: which it is, I'm giving you infinite money to have whoever yeah. you want. Like... <laughs> uh,
1: you see, you see, if it okay, okay, so if it was like an actual like we were performing and it, and it mm. was like the one that had to like make sense and it was going to be like a touring thing, then it would be Meshuggah hands down because nice. they are absolutely just from another planet. And to be able to open for them would just be, you know, I'd get on my knees and kiss the floor um, if they sort of walked past. Um, But then if it was my dream and it was my own thing, then Sleep Token, hands down, because um, I don't shut up about Sleep Token. Um, And um, yeah, they are just absolutely world-class musicians, incredible performers and to just be on the same bill would be incredible it would never happen (laughs) because we are very very different sleep token musically but it's nice to dream
0: but you know what you say that i i'm all for mixed band bills like i'm all for it because you know having a, a three four like deathcore bill is all well and good but you're only preaching to the choir at that point you know Put you guys in as direct support for Sleep Token. Like, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, the fuck. But there'll be, (laughs) there'll be like three or four people in that crowd who go, fuck yeah, that was awesome, you know? Because my second ever show I went to go and see when I was 14, 15 was Trivium, right? And I love Trivium. That was a great show. But Whitechapel were direct support. And I remember hearing The Darkest Day of Man by. By Whitechapel and fucking shitting my pants at how heavy that fucking guitars were. And it was like, I'm terrified, but also intrigued. So it works both ways. It always works.
1: <laughs> I think it works better if it's like um, a heavier band headlining. Um, sorry, a lighter band headlining with a heavier support. Because yeah. you get those people who are just like... Yeah, then yeah, yeah. If, you do, if you swap it and it's like a really heavy support and a soft open, you just get people who are like... Mm-hmm. Like they just want the show to start. They're just like, I'm not here for this. I want, I want Heavy Bro. Um, but no, I saw it's Trivium. Me. I saw Trivium yeah, Zach. Um, <laughs> I saw Trivium the other night, actually. Um oh, and, amazing. Uh, and um, Malev and Heaven Shall Burn opened um mm. and it was absolutely sick. Um yeah. and uh, you know, it was probably one of the better concerts I've been to in a while. Mm. Um because you you kind of get a weird, I don't know, you kind of get I don't know if Zach's gonna agree with me here. But you kind of when you when you're doing the stuff that we're doing and we're not even at a big level yet touring or anything. but because we play shows quite often, when I go to a concert now, unless it's like someone I absolutely am dying to see and I'm in the pit and i'm I'm at the front, I just kind of I'm just there, I'm just like, man, I just wish I was on the stage. you just get some weird like it just doesn't do it for you anymore, just just watching. it's like I, I want to be I want to be up there.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Love that. Love that. Um, so I have another question for you. And so basically, when I'm a big famous podcaster, which I'm clearly gonna be, that is a yeah. joke. That is satire, everybody. Don't, don't come to <laughs> me. Some people don't know what I'm satiring. That's satire. Um, I'm gonna make a Nevermind Polly podcast festival. Not sure, working title. Anyway, <laughs> on I'm going to invite every band who's ever been on this podcast to come on. And basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to curate the perfect rider. So, on my rider already, I've got a PlayStation slash Xbox, white wine, sushi, and I'm pretty sure there was narcotics of some description. I think it was (laughs) weed. I'm pretty sure it's... I'm not sure if that made the edit or not, but I'm pretty sure Adam from Polo was like, "Yeah, we need some weed on there." He's like, "Can I say that?" I was like, "Say whatever." I've said it again, so it's fine. Um, So, because (laughs) because you're a pair, you can add one thing each to the to the rider, and it could be anything you like.
1: Be quite hard to eat a PlayStation, wouldn't it?
0: (laughs) Well, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be food. That's the thing. But
1: yeah. (laughs) Uh oh say i'm the worst person to ask because i don't really i don't really need much when i'm in a venue i just need yeah. a water and that's it or a, you know what, i'd have a crisp crate of apple and mango j2o chilled to like that perfect temperature
0: yeah i mean everybody needs substance you've only got white wine to drink and sushi to eat so j2o <laughs> is quite a nice addition i love that
1: and i suppose if we if we're only adding one thing then there's gonna be beer and weed on the rider anyway so yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So oh. I'll just I'll just have something for straight edge me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink my How J2O you, and, and uh, have a little gnaw on the PlayStation if I yeah. get hungry.
0: <laughs> How about you, Zach? I,
1: I said it last time. I'll say it again.
2: B&H Blue. Just
0: because, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I'll that'll keep me going like sushi. If there's vegetarian sushi involved in that sushi, that'll keep me going. There's beer and that, weed that'll keep you going. Siggies, yeah. that's my only addition.
1: You'll never see him uh, in the building.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> bad. <laughs> For five minutes before you meant to hit the stage, and he's still having a cigarette. I was like, "Come on, we need to play guitar. Needs to be in it now." <laughs> um, so the EP is either out now or coming out. I'm not unsure when this podcast is going out because I'm a fucking rubbish at scheduling. But the tour is definitely happening in March because that's out there in the universe. So yeah. that's happening. Have I missed anything? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to add at the end? Before we let you rock and roll out of here? I don't think so. Hmm. Not, not that I, I, I don't think, think so.
1: I mean, we'll be we'll be doing like um, playthroughs and stuff once the EP's out. Um, we'll be doing... Uh, Jasper's got like a vocal um, one take he's going to be um, releasing soon. We'll definitely be doing something like a guitar or a drum playthrough because... Yeah. Um, we haven't done too many of them and they're just fun to watch. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that really. And I, and I mean, just stay tuned in general because we won't be um, quiet for long. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we, we may be riding the wave soon, but um, we'll be uh, writing continuously and very busy because we, we can't, we're, we're not legally allowed to relax at all. We have to, <laughs> we have to be on it. So yeah, you'll, you'll, you won't be, um, we won't be quiet for that long so yeah just stay tuned
0: for sure and a final question to you both is what is the best thing about being in Beyond Extinction
1: there, there is literally nothing better than playing I thought you were going to say there's literally nothing <laughs> <laughs> I was like wow no. and uh, end podcast there <laughs> yeah no that,
2: that's not true <laughs> there is um, There's nothing better There um, Than just playing like Just the fattest riff of all time That you've written And then looking out into the crowd And just seeing people Enjoying it the same way that I enjoy My favourite bands So like mm. Seeing people You know <laughs> Throwing punches and kicks in the pit Seeing them do what I do At mm. the shows that I go to um, And I'm like Oh damn they're doing that for feel like us that's just yeah. it's a great feeling
0: i love that how about you jude
1: uh more or less the same to be honest um i think just hearing people talk fondly of our band um whether that's people who've just come to a show and they just said you know it was a really great show um or just you know complimenting the riffs or just saying how heavy things were it just it just reminds us that you know we do have something quite special and that we do sometimes need to look back and go you know what we actually did a really good job you know we should be um we should remember that we do have very loyal fans and that you know sometimes we we forget that we're not all still sort of 15 16 17 and sort of playing playing the sort of um you know shittiest pub in the town every you know friday <laughs> night you know um so um Yeah, I suppose it's just that feeling of people enjoying our music because, you know, we do it because it's fun. We do it because we want to do it. And then we get the added bonus of, you know, people really enjoy it. So, yeah, I just hope that um, continues with the EP. I'm really excited to see people's reactions to it because, you know, it's interesting as well to just see people having the same reactions to certain riffs as we did when we wrote them so you (laughs) just look out into the audience and just see someone like oh yeah you just think i thought that when i wrote that as well yeah (laughs) i yeah I i thought that when zach presented to me so it's quite funny really um so yeah just just more of that would be amazing
0: lovely stuff absolutely brilliant um, guys thank you so much for your time nothing more wretched is either out now or coming up very soon the tour is sold out you're too late you're already too late to get the ticket. <laughs> get fucking sold it all out no obviously go and check the socials and things um, <laughs> thank you so much boys uh, and apologies for the previous podcast that was a total fucking nightmare because so good man but um yeah I will be down at the Norwich show and as I say awesome, I, I would I said, I said I was going to buy pints for you I might just buy a crate just give you all a crate of beer <laughs> be like there you go It's a thank you so um yeah I really appreciate it and the album the EP is fucking sick so thank that. you man. thank you right I'm going to go make thank some thank you. whatever the mrs is watching <laughs> 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 See you later. Enjoy man thanks
1: for having us on Cheers man.
0: Bye.